0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today, welcome to the podcast, because we're talking all things supplements. Now, I don't know. I've got a bit of a story. I've got a bit of a history with my supplements. You know, when I was a kid, I was addicted to jelly snakes, sugar snaps, um, puffed wheat cereals, and um, jelly beans. And that's what I used to live on. Oh, and I used to scull the milk straight from the milk bottle out of the fridge. And that was my diet. And my mum couldn't get me to eat anything else. And there were times when I'd have to sit at the kitchen table for three and four hours staring over soggy carrots, beans and peas and I couldn't bear it. But she made me sit there for hours and now she looks back and feels terrible about it. But my mum knew that I wasn't getting everything I needed in my diet. So we always had to take these giant horse pills. At the time they felt like horse pills. that always used to repeat on me and they were our daily vitamin B uh, uh, multivitamins. So as I've grown up throughout the course of my life, I've always thought, you know, I needed to take supplements of some kind. And even on the bottles, it says, you know, supplements only work when your dietary intake is inadequate. How do I know whether my dietary intake is adequate or inadequate? How do I know? So bugger it, I'll just take multivitamins anyway, you know. And then as I got older, As I got older, I decided I needed vitamin Bs, I needed more iron, and I needed some magnesium and some vitamin C. So then I started to take the vitamins and supplements separately because I thought, well, perhaps I need a more concentrated dose. Who knows? Let's just get them into me. And then I started training and running and exercising, and my personal trainers all gave me these huge gamuts of supplements. I think I was spending about $380 a month on a series of supplements um, to try to help get my 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 rhythms back and manage the cortisol levels in my gut and around my gut and all this sort of stuff and it was you know it was so complicated i kind of threw my hands in the air and went oh well i'll just trust the experts cuz hopefully they know better than me so i think talking about supplements today is a really it's a really timely topic because you know for those of you guys who are listening, I'm sitting opposite Cindy and Kim who've got the, these grins from ear to ear because I'll be really honest, I am ignorant when it comes to supplements and what I should and shouldn't take. So Cindy's just you know, gone through my cupboards and she's got about 20 bottles of different supplements lined up in front of her and you're going to hear them jingling as she analyzes what I've been taking and what I haven't been taking and what we should and shouldn't take. So make sure that you really pay attention to this podcast today because by the end of it, you're going to know what you should take, what you shouldn't take, what's synthetic and been made in a factory and what's also very, very good for you and can actually enhance our experiences of life. So I'm hanging off by the edge of my seat waiting to hear from the experts on this um, and I'm going to be devil's advocate. I'm going to be you because I, I reckon I've got all the same questions that you've got um, in your mind, I've got the same question. So I'm going to make sure I hit these two girls with it as they sit here grinning ear to <laughs> ear.
1: <laughs> I feel like the lamb to the slaughter. There we go. <laughs> but, but, but I think you're not alone. You know, and, and I, in all honesty, it's only since I've met Cindy that I've really started to understand what supplementation really is about. Um, for me growing up, mum didn't have, we didn't have a lot of money. So we had very few supplements in the house, very few. But I do remember if we ever got a cold, we sucked on these big um, yeah. sweet vitamin C tablets. And, and they were huge, hey, like big yeah. discs. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you said something else then. Um, oh, but they were very big, very are big. Are we there again? No, 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 I just didn't know what you said and I freaked <laughs> thinking, my gosh, where are we going? But they were very big and they were sweet and I remembered you could get a 500 milligram or a 1,000 milligram. And I also remember the more I took them, someone said to me once and I took this on verbatim that if you take them quite a few of them until you get diarrhea then your body's got enough vitamin c now I don't know how true that fallacy is um Mm -hmm. as I've matured and grown and then started studying and and then started going to to naturopaths I to be honest and this is no disrespect to naturopaths but I also got a bit confused because they also loaded I'd walk out of a naturopathic treatment with $300 worth of supplements. Um, I didn't know if they were any better than a supplement I could get in a chemist, or if they were any, I felt like they were, but I was still a little bit bamboozled. Then when Fleur and I wrote our, our, our second book, Like an Apple a Day, we really did a lot of research on supplementation. We worked closely with Dr. Catherine Davis. And I think what I really learnt from the two of them and her partner, who's a doctor also, was, you know, it's actually really important, more important to get back to your natural source, that we can treat ourselves through food. Um, in fact, food is our greatest medicine. Mm-hmm. So, I, so even a comparison she gave me was, you know, look, you know, Kim, what about a potato? Have a look at a potato. And she goes, when you bake it, there is very little fat in a potato. In fact, there's only trace elements of fat as opposed to a French fry or something that's fried that's got 36, 38 grams of fat. It's also loaded with potassium, calcium, and all these different things. Um, she said there's very little left in a potato chip that's been fried until you put load your sodium, your salt, and all that sort of jazz on top of it. So I started looking and thinking, oh, my gosh, and Cindy says the best supplementation is getting back to food. Your, your greatest, get as close to nature as possible. So I've also got questions today, and I, and I really... You know, I'd like to know, you know, I didn't even think about the the gel things that they're in. I hadn't thought about that being a problem. The capsule things? The capsules that they put these supplements in. And so I'm really looking forward to today, Cindy, for you to really, because I know you've just done some new research and I don't think anyone's heard this yet. So we are really in for some great conversation today.
2: Well, you know, when I was growing up, I don't ever remember my mum or dad giving us supplements but as I got interested in nutrition and I did my degree, and then once I got out of my degree, um, I started to go to lectures, uh, conferences, and they were usually put on by supplement companies. And I really looked up to the people who were talking and I took on what they were, what they were saying. I actually took on, oh, we need this and we need that, and this is how we do it. And, and they made up their own supplements And so I started, in my own nutrition practice, starting to teach people about nutrition, but then I would add with supplements, because that was what I was taught by these companies. And I just want you to know that drug companies do exactly the same thing.
0: I was just about to say, this sounds incredibly familiar to how our medical model works. Yeah, it
2: is. Like, they do the research... They put a drug together, they put a conference on, the doctors go to it, and they, and they learn how to use it. Mm. And the same thing is with supplements. Now, I am not comparing drugs and supplements here. They are very different because the drugs may kill, hurt. Um, yes, they have some good about them, but there's a lot of side effects that happen. There's a lot of death as a result of medication. Mm. And we, we know this, you know, it's, it's, it's not something new. Whereas with supplements, there's a new report that's just come out and the report basically said that, that no supplements have ever killed anybody. But it's not about the death. It is actually about your health. So do, do we know that supplements haven't eventually hurt somebody through health? Or is it just that we don't have any direct supplement versus, uh, or supplement that's caused the death? So my thing is not they do not kill you immediately. But what are they doing to your health? Are they good or are they bad? So we're going to be looking at, at both of those things. So I went with the flow. I learnt all the time about these supplements and I and I agreed with them and I thought they were amazing and they seemed to help people, but was it the diet that was helping or was it the supplement that was helping? That was that was my question. So move forward 30 years. I wish I knew then what I know now. And what I know now is that how these supplements are made. And the reason I know this is that, you know, I'm in a, in a food industry now. And there were supplements that I was looking into. People were always saying to me, when are you going to bring out a multivitamin and mineral? And I said, never. I will never bring out a multivitamin and mineral because it's not real. It's not a real food because this is what I started to learn. And in particular, I decided to find foods that were high in vitamins and minerals. So one of the ones that I found was camu camu. Camu Camu is um, a plant that is made in Africa, or Africa, sorry, in South America, um, or it's grown in South America, and you take the fruit, you dry it, and you make it into a powder. It's very expensive. So then I said, well, let's put it in you know, gel caps or let's put it in capsules. Let's, let's put it in there so that people can take small amounts rather than large amounts and it won't be so expensive. Then I, I said, well, if this is the case, then what's in the capsule? I want to know what's in the capsule. And that's when I got my biggest aha, because there was propylene glycol, which causes liver and kidney damage in the capsule, but it was a natural product. And that's when my research just started to grow and grow and grow. And, and what I found out about supplements and what I found out about capsules and how they, they make capsules and how they make um, the tablet and how they make gel caps uh, that was the, the beginning
1: for me. Cindy, the other thing that, that came up for me when I was learning about supplements, and you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not 100% sure if I've got this right, but one thing Dr Catherine Davis taught me also is it's not so much um, what they put into a supplement, it's what you get out of it. So it might read on the label that it's got all these things in, but by the way it processes in your body, you could actually get something very different. And, and an example I was given is a typical effervescent vitamin drink, you're, uh, you know, a, a Barocca. And um, and I was told, and most people, when I ask people, what do you think is in a Barocca? And most people say, well, because it gives you your BBB bounce, so it's a vitamin B supplement. But something that Dr. Catherine Davis told me is, in fact, when vitamin B is effervised like that, you lose the vitamin B and you're left with a vitamin C hit, so which is why you probably get a, a bit of a pep up when you take it. But manufacturers don't have to say that on the packaging. And and that actually freaked me out a little bit because all of a sudden I started thinking, well, how else are they duping us if that's the case?
2: Well, what really interests me is that they actually don't have to tell you what's in the supplement or around the capsule um, or anything like that. They can put no added this and no added that. But they don't have to tell you that they've actually put something in it. Now, I, I figured this out when my kids were really little because I took supplements while I was wanting to become pregnant, while I was pregnant. And then when my kids were born, I thought, well, as they could you know, take supplements, I would give it to them. And so I used to give them from a reputable company a, a chewable one. And I bought these and I gave them to the kids. And then all of a sudden, I ate one myself and I went... It's sweet, but it says there's no sugar in it, so what are they sweetening it with? So I read the bottle, said nothing about a sweetener. I thought, well, there's got to be something that's sweetening it, so I rang them. And I said, what sweetens your vitamins and minerals, the for children? And they said, oh, aspartame, which is an artificial sweetener. And I went, what? And you don't put that on the label? And they said, we don't have to. And and there's a, there's a controversy on the Spartan anyway. Some people think it's good and some people think it's okay and we think it's okay.
1: But isn't that what they put in children's supplements and vitamins today still? Yeah, they
2: still do it. Mm. They still do it. And, and you know, we have a Barocca in front of us, which you were talking about, and it, it has actually told us contains a Spartan. Mm. You know, it's in here. And, you know, the more I rang the companies, the more upset I got. Mm. So, for instance, there was this... Um, I'm trying to think, recently um, I wanted to find out about a vitamin and mineral. And somebody asked me about it, and I can't even remember the vitamin and mineral that it was. And, oh, I know, I know. What happened was that they've decided that they want to start making vitamin D a fortification in our dairy products. And I thought, oh, I wonder where they make the vitamin D and how they make it. So I rang a particular company that had vitamin D, and I said, could you please tell me the source of your vitamin D? And they said, well, we actually can't tell you the source of our vitamin D because we um, make up a formula, then we send it to a company in Sydney um, and they source the vitamin D and all the other vitamins that we have and they make up the capsule or the tablet or the gel cap. And I went, these guys are reputable people and yet they send their, their, their formula away to a Sydney company that then buys it from someone else. So I ring the Sydney company. I find out that this Sydney company makes many of the vitamins and minerals of Australian manufacturers, most of them actually. And that's your prescription ones by your home, your, your naturopaths as well as your ones that are just you know, on the supermarket shelf or the chemist's shelf.
1: I'm amazed they even told you this information because you know, if they're trying to hide something, why would they want to share it? Or do they not realise that this is important, you know, that this is detrimental?
2: Well, I think I asked a question that was, was very important, that I want to know the source of your vitamin D. So then, what happened was I, I ran the Sydney company, and they said, "Oh, we get it from a German company, a German chemical manufacturer." Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, and I thought, well, that's probably a cheap form of vitamin D, uh, and that will probably what will be going into our our fortification, our food fortification with our dairy products. And let's actually, while we're on this topic, let's talk about fortification of food. Mm. So they they really they've actually made it mandatory that certain foods have to have fortification of a supplement so one of the mandatory ones is fluoride in water Uh, thank goodness in queensland at the moment we're actually changing that and there are councils such as Cairns council that have said we don't want fluoride in our water anymore Uh, so that's one of the fortifications they do another fortification they do is that all bread must have folic acid in it Now, folic acid uh, is something that's been indicated as as a nutrient that will prevent neural tube uh, problems uh, in Um, pregnancy, um. during pregnancy. And therefore, we won't have spina bifida. But they've worked out that we may help six people not have spina bifida by folic acid supplements being taken. And we have to realise that folic acid is a synthetic form of folate. Folate is the natural form. So we're actually taking a a synthetic form. Then another thing that they've now made mandatory is that all bread must have iodine in it. And it's not iodine they're putting in. They're putting in something called potassium iodate. And potassium iodate is mined in Chile and Japan. It goes through this unbelievable process. It comes into the country in barrels that are marked poison. Do not have contact with your skin. Do not consume. uh, And do not have contact with your eyes if... If, if you do, cause, call poison control. So this whole this whole mandatory fortification to me is mass medication. Um, I have a, a filter on my tap to stop the fluoride and the chlorine because you've got to remember chlorine is there to sterilise. Now, when you drink... And chlorine is a... And it's actually in chloride. It's not in chlorine, it's chloride. Um, it is um, something that sterilises. So the minute you drink... <coughs> water that has been sterilized you're actually sterilizing your gut which then st- takes away all the beautiful probiotics in your gut which are needed to make vitamin k in the body you know it's like we're in this circle where they're mandatorily giving us these things and they're putting it in our water supply and our food supply but it's actually creating an adverse effect in our body and it may not kill us but what it does is it's causing ill health So, and other things that they're fortifying (laughs) with now is breakfast cereals. They, you know, it's mandatory in breakfast cereals to put B vitamins in. But every one of these B vitamins are are synthetic. So it's in our breakfast cereal, but it's synthetic. First of all, they refine the grain, take the B out, and then they put a synthetic form in. And the same with iron. Uh, We know with breakfast cereal iron that if you crush the the breakfast cereal and get a magnet, you can actually pull the grey shalings out.
0: No way. Yes. No way. So if I, go, if I get a box of...
2: Any breakfast cereal that's been fortified with iron.
0: Like Nutri-Grain or any, any of those. Any of them, and I crush it up, uh-huh, put a magnet it, near it. Uh-huh. You'll get a grey shaling. Get out of town. Stop it. That actually makes me feel sick. So I might as well go and get a common garden variety nail.
1: <laughs> grate it.
0: Grate it, grind it, smash it up, lick it and suck it. Well, actually, I think you'll get more benefit out of that one.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Wow. Really?
2: Yeah. You will. I actually say, you know, you're probably more benefit looking at your car, and it's cheaper if you own it. Oh. <laughs> it's just. No. And people, look, people don't realise, and, and even baby formulas are fortified with with nutrients that are synthetic.
1: Why is Why is fortification so necessary? Why are we why are we, and why do we as mums that are busy walking along the aisles and we see something, say, fortified, it it has a positive connotation, you think it has a positive connotation, but what you're telling me actually makes me feel sick. It's
2: negative in, in every way. Like, I'm always checking out. Well, you know what, I don't buy packaged food anymore.
0: Let me just ask a question here. You know, you mentioned before we take the grain, we process it and take the vitamins and minerals out of it and then we put the synthetic vitamins vitamin and minerals back into it. Surely, from a production point of view and a profitability point of view, it makes more sense to not extract the natural minerals. If it has to be fortified, surely it would make more sense.
2: Well, it would make more sense <clears throat> on a nutritional level, but on a marketing, money, financial level, it doesn't, because that food goes off, whereas the oh, food is that that's been refined is? has a shelf life. Well, think about breakfast cereals. That could probably sit on the shelf for years. Is as long they? as you haven't, you know, they might go soggy if there's water in the, in the house. Mm. But if you have them in a, a container or you haven't opened up that plastic wrapping, then mm. it'll, it'll. Used by it's dates, better. usually
0: 12 months or yeah. 18 months. I, I look at those um, tetra Pak, those ultra high temperature tetra Pak orange juices and fruit juices that sit on the shelves in the shopping centres. And I was shopping with my partner the other day and he went to reach for one of those um, fruit juices and orange juice. And I said to him, "Babe, you know, any fruit drink that can sit on the shelf for two or three years and not go off is not a fruit drink that would be right for you to be drinking, mm. without even looking at what was in the ingredient of it." So I guess by extracting,
1: but but if that's the, the, the goodness, case, then a, then a tin of tomatoes shouldn't be good. Like, mm. it, do they not protect it in the same way they do? vegetables in a tin is that is the idea of getting the air out so that it doesn't oxidize is that what it's doing well
2: i, I don't know about a tin of tomatoes i have a feeling that they cook the tomato within the tin mm. and and keep the air out so with the tin of tomatoes i think it's different but with the tetra pack they mm. usually ultra pasteurize the juice which means they boil it to death so nothing can live on it got it there's no nutrition left in there <clears throat> they've killed all the bacteria uh it's completely sterilized and that you know in, in times of there's no more food around, maybe we'll go for that. But that's not the fact. Mm. You know, we mm. we can have other foods. And plus what they do is they add ascorbic acid to it because ascorbic acid is a preservative. But ascorbic acid, which everybody thinks is a great thing because it's vitamin C. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, it's actually synthetic. And we'll, we'll talk more about <laughs> how you know whether it's a synthetic vitamin C versus a non-synthetic vitamin C. Yeah. Uh, and that was another thing with Camu Camu, you know, we, we were discussing Camu Camu before and that I wanted to put it in capsules or um, gel caps, but when I found out what the capsules and the gel caps were made up of, I didn't want to do it. And what was interesting is that my husband, um, who sources my foods for me uh, or for changing habits, he, he sourced this Camu Camu in South America uh, and it was a fairly high price And then he started to source it wherever else he could in the world. And he found a source in America that was like a third of the price with a greater amount of vitamin C. And he he actually pulls me into his office and he says to me, am I getting this right here? Can you see that America is a third of the price of this South American one and yet and the vitamin C is higher? How can they do that? Because it comes from South America. We know that. So I said, call them, find out. So he called them and he said, can you please tell me why it's cheaper and why your vitamin C percentage is higher in the camu camu?" And they said, oh, yes, we add ascorbic acid to it. They were proud. They were very proud. We add ascorbic acid to increase the vitamin C and decrease the price. And we just said, well, we don't want that.
0: So then it's diluted with the ascorbic acid? Is that what the... Well,
2: what it is is it increases the concentration of the camu camu's vitamin C, natural vitamin C. Right. Uh, And and then they make it cheaper um, because they put yeah they've diluted the camu camu yeah, with the synthetic vitamin c which is cheap
0: so now that it'll go further yeah it'll go further yeah got it and you'll
2: think it's a higher you'll go oh my gosh this camu camu has got a higher percentage of vitamin c like it's could be 30 40 when natural camu camu only has a, a vitamin c content of 20 percent. got it or under uh kakadu plum which is another food in an australian um native plant has a vitamin C concentration between twenty and twenty-five percent. It is known as the plant that has the highest percentage of vitamin C in its dried form, not in its whole, not in its wet form, but in its dried form. So, but it's very expensive. We With found Kakadu plum. It's it, wholesale. It's nearly 500 ki- dollars a kilo. Wow. Yeah, it's very expensive. So, which is which is sad because that's what I would love to use, but. You know, so mm-hmm. guys, pay $500 plus, you know, for your, your vitamin C. Uh, it, Cindy, it can
1: I just, sorry yep. darling, can I just ask, by, from a biological point of view, how our body and what is bioavailable to the body, do we absorb synthetic vitamins like we would a normal vitamin? Or like, like, how are we getting away with these synthetic vitamins if it's having a detrimental effect? What actually happens biologically when we take synthetic vitamins?
2: Well, let's go back evolution-wise. And never in evolution did we ever find a nutrient that was singular by itself. It was always surrounded with macronutrients and micronutrients. Now, let me explain what a macro and a micro is. Macro is carbohydrates, fats, and protein. They're your macronutrients. You need them to survive. Micronutrients are our vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and oils and basically our, our smaller things. So you need both in order to absorb the nutrient. So when we take a supplement that's just vitamin C, say ascorbic acid or iron, which um, it, could, I, I, it depends on the source of the iron, but let's just say we take that singularly. That, that's never happened ever in the evolution of our, bo- of our body. It's only happening now. And while it may help in the short term, in the long term, what's it actually doing to our body? So when we take a, a, a nutrient by itself, we have to go to the body and ask for all the things that help support it. So with vitamin C, bioflavonoids are really important for the absorption of it. Iron, vitamin C, and the flavonoids are really important for the absorption of it. So you put a vitamin C in there and you take it to where you were talking about before, Kim, where we've got diarrhea, there's so much vitamin C in there that the body starts to extract other nutrients from itself in order to use it, but then it can't use it. And so, if it's a water-soluble vitamin, it will just pee it all out. So, as everybody says, you'll have expensive urine. If it's fat-soluble, such as ADEK, which are our four fat-soluble ones, it may end up in your fat cells and create quite a toxic toxic environment in your fat cells.
1: Right. Well, I know when I if I have iron from a source of, say, fish, if because if, we know fish has got iron, and or if someone eat, if you eat red meat, they say there's a lot of iron in it. In theory, you don't get constipated. But the minute you take iron supplements, you get very constipated. So that's not nature working in its best way, is it? No,
2: no, not at all. And, you know, we we think the body's black and white. We think, oh, iron, you know, you've got an iron deficiency, take iron. But perhaps it's not the fact that you're not eating enough iron. Perhaps it's the food that you're eating that's taking the iron out out of the body. And it, it's it's like this whole thing, we just take the body as black and white. If you've got a, a B deficiency, take B. But it's not, it's not like that. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, we can go back to when we first understood vitamins. And that was um, we had sailors that would get scurvy, which they thought was an infectious disease, but in actual fact it was just a lack of vitamin C. And that's why the British sailors were, were called limeys mm. because they took lime with them to, to help them. Uh, and and this is when we first understood that it was really important that we we need these nutrients; otherwise, we get diseases such as beriberi or pellagra, which are vitamin B deficiencies. But when you eat the way we can eat here in in the Western world, which we can eat well, we can't. You don't get these deficiencies; they they can't exist. But when we eat um, foods that is breakfast cereals and low-fat milks and juices in tetra packs which is is actually what the the average australian or average westerner is eating that's when we start to get the deficiencies so the nutrition foundation has said well you know we've indicated that we have a deficiency of b1 2 and 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 3 let's make sure that all breakfast cereals have b1 2 and and 3 in it we'll also indicate that iron is a deficiency let's put iron in there as well we also know that folic acid might be a problem, let's put folic
1: acid in there as well, you know, so... But these people are chemists, often saying that, so they're looking at from a very pharmacology point of view, not a biology point of view. Uh, one thing I found out, apparently, according to my iron levels, I was tired, I was getting headaches and, and the typical classic things, and my doctor said, you're probably low in iron. We did my tests, and my, and my results came back that, yes, I was slightly low in iron, I had a girlfriend who was living in England at the time and she happened to have had a blood test at the same time. We shared each other's results. My iron was higher than hers but in New Zealand I was told I had a deficiency whereas she had lower iron levels on the scorecard to me and yet she was told she didn't have an iron deficiency. So what I'm suggesting and what I was told is that each country has its own level of what is the RDAs and the the, the minimum levels and things. So that in itself is confusing.
2: Okay, so what they've done in order to do this is that they'll let's take a 100 people that go in for blood tests and they look at the average of what the iron is and most people go in for blood tests are people who are not well and so they figure out well what's the the average of the iron and they, and they go well this is the average um and this is low and this is high but who says that wow. people who are sick that that is the, the average? Mm-hmm. like what if um a bunch of people go in that aren't sick that are healthy and we find that the iron should be higher and so each country will be different because they, they, they just do a, a bell curve standardisation.
0: And how often do they redo those tests, do you know, to create the normals? Or do they just do it once and uh, then that's...
2: I would say they're probably always doing it. And as, as we get sicker and sicker as a nation and we eat less and less good mm. nutrition...
1: We're needing to supplement more. And
2: smaller, yeah, and then we <laughs> supplement more. And, oh, yes, the iron levels go up, but the minute you stop taking the supplement... They go down again. Mm. So obviously, you know, taking the iron works for that time, but there is, you know, there's... There's an underlying cause. There's an underlying underlying cause. And so I don't look at the body black and white in any way. Mm. I look at it, I go, well, what are you eating? So one of the things that we know extracts minerals from our body are phytates in foods. And phytates in food are in grain. And if you have a look at the pyramid um, for taking food... It's a lot of grain. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if we take the grain out of the diet, the iron will come up. You know, not completely, but not eat as much. So breakfast cereals, breads, pastas and, and things like that, we might find that our iron levels actually start to go up. So I give blood every three, four months, every four months I give blood. My iron levels are always high. And she often, you know, the, the girl who takes my, the test, because they test you for iron, because if you don't have enough iron, they won't take your blood. And mine is always above the
1: scale. So is mine normal? Well, then they could say that you've got hematomocrosis. Probably. They to bleed me all the time. Um, What about as a mum? I don't want to give my children anything that's not good for them, and I want to give them the best. So then I go into a health food store, and I'll say, look, my children seem to be a bit lacking, lacking in energy or or my daughter isn't sleeping well or something or other and they'll take me over to and there's often things like um, for iron, fluoridics and, and there's, they're, they're natural. They're supposedly more natural. What are you telling me who's going into a health food store for something more natural, more helpful? What would you say to me would be even better than that?
2: You know, I, I, um, it's, a, it's a, bl- a very good question because when you go into a health food store you go into a pharmacist and it's funny, when I was reading all the information on supplementation. Many of them would say, "Make sure you ask your doctor. Make sure you ask your pharmacist. Make sure you ask your food healthcare store owner, provider yeah, hmm. or your healthcare provider." But I don't think they're any of the wiser. I was none the wiser when I first started out. I thought, you know, I was doing the right thing. So, when you know, when I'm when I go. I don't ask them. I go and do my own research, and hopefully, my research people can use rather than them having to spend weeks and weeks um, having a look at this. And this, you know, this has been a realization for me over the last couple of years. This hasn't been something that just oh, going to go look at. It's just you know, I'm really understanding it more. And in actual fact, I made a little comment in my newsletter uh, last month, and I got hauled over the coals by a naturopath. She was really cross with me. She says. We get enough flack from the medical profession. Why are we getting flack from you? And I said, I, I wrote it back and I said, do you want me to keep this a secret? Do you not want me to tell anybody that this is what I found out? Have you really questioned yeah. the people who are manufacturing your vitamins and minerals that you then give to people that you trust? And she named a couple of names. And they're very, you know, they're, they're people that we really respect. And I don't think that they are fully compass mentis, if that's a good way of saying it as to what they're doing they actually believe in this stuff just mm. like drug manufacturers and drug researchers believe in this stuff they they actually believe in this stuff it's only when you really start to look into it and and when somebody is saying right we know the magic formula we know we've got to put iron and vitamin c and we've got to have this and we have got to have that who'll make it for us and then they go to the manufacturer to make it for us, and then that manufacturer goes and sources it from all over the world and usually chemical companies. So they're actually not even looking at their source. Whereas when I look at stuff now, I go to the source. I want to know. And as soon as I find out, I, I, like I go, I look at my husband because we discuss it together, and I look at him and I go, well, we can't do that. That's just not viable.
1: So, Cindy, if, if I wanted to supplement, if I felt I needed to, because, correct me again if I'm wrong, but no matter how good a diet we have, our soils aren't as, as good as they could be. And uh, am I right in saying it's a known fact that we are lacking in selenium, for example, even if you're eating organic food? Is that true?
0: You know, I I, I heard magnesium as and well. And magnesium. magnesium. Our soils were magnesium you know, I, I deficient. Hear this.
2: I this. I do hear this all the time. And, you know, there was a report out in 1928 by an American government official that said that our soils are lacking in minerals. But if you are really, really wanting to do something for your health, then what you should do is get a garden. Mm. Get a garden. It's not hard. Put all the the right foods into that garden. Get your soil right. And and make sure that you are continually composting and and doing it. And people might be going, oh my gosh, she's making me do this. If you can't do this, then find somebody who's doing that at a farmer's market. That you, you, know, mm. you know that they are doing it right. So in the morning, what I do is I go out to my garden. I cut the spinach. I cut the parsley. I cut my mint. I'm doing spearmint at the moment because my peppermint keeps dying. Must be the sun, I
1: don't know. Yeah. It's probably not enough magnesium, selenium soil. in the soil. Yeah. <laughs> you need to supplement uh, that soil. That's yeah.
2: what we need <laughs> <do>. Supplement <laughs> the soil. Um, I cut my celery tops and I go in and I put it all in my Thermomix or if you don't have a Thermomix, put it in your vitamizer. I throw an apple in, um, some mango and even some coconut water because that has lots of minerals. So that to me is my multivitamin and mineral capsule every single day. And if, if you don't have the time to do that, Then you go and find yourself a good green powder and the green powders are like wheat grasses and barley grasses and spirulina and chlorella and broccoli grasses and there are so many green powders out there where they grow the food, they dry it and then they make it into a powder. So there's no excuses that you can't get your vitamins and minerals from plant sources because when you, you look at um, one of these
0: vitamins and minerals that we have sitting on this bench here. What, what one, of, one of the 20 bottles that you have <laughs> lined up across yeah. the desk? There's a lot of money sitting there, my darling. Oh, I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've invested a fortune and I continue to do it just about every month because I'm constantly looking for ways to maximize my energy or to get the most out of my body.
1: Mm-hmm. But then um, my, my question to that is, is, what if you already are? What if, what if you are? Or if you, is it because you don't feel good enough or is your energy levels not high? Like yeah, what well, sometimes
0: my energy levels do do wax and wane. Mm. That's definitely an indicator for me. And I just figure that I'm not, I, I don't have a, enough of a nutrient. And, you know, I'm going into a phase of my life of, of perimenopause. So I'm trying to now look at ways that I can support myself through that because I don't want to have to go and do anything, you know, in terms of horm- hormonal supplements or anything like that. So, but, you know, I'm sitting here listening to all of this and, you know, there was a doctor that I used to coach and he was amazing. And he was quite prepared to stick his neck on the chopping block and be just barred from, you know, the medical association for what he was going to reveal. Um, you know, he's, he's gone back home overseas now, which is unfortunate because we've lost him. But his whole intention was to lift the lid on the medical f- profession in that the medical profession doesn't actually know anything other than Fitting inside a medical model, so if a person comes with a particular problem and it doesn't fit inside a certain medical model, the doctor actually doesn't know what to do with them, because the doctor can't think holistically. The doctor's only trained very categor categoris- They're trained in a category. Cat- yeah, there we go. <laughs> they're trained in a certain category. Let's go with that. Um, and what he actually said to me was quite fascinating. Once when I told him I'd been to see a local naturopath, and I told him that I'd spent three hundred dollars on this, you know set of supplements to try and supplement my energy while I was training and he cracked up laughing and I mean no disrespect to the naturopaths because I would go and say that I don't actually have a doctor but I do have a naturopath and she's in Sydney and she's amazing and um he actually said to me that naturopaths have just taken the medical model and done exactly the same replicated exactly the same model but instead instead using supplements whereas the doctors use the drugs and the medications the
1: Mm -hmm. naturopaths do exactly the same
0: with the you know the supplements Mm. and it was like a light globe moment and i thought oh for goodness sake where do you go i mean i would hope to think that the naturopaths have got more of the holistic view in mind but even to that extent you know i say i don't have energy and i get iron i say i'm lacking you know i'm tired and i get coq10 so is that really the problem or is there a deeper underlying source issue that's going completely
1: missed and Cindy maybe you can also answer that with tell us how to do it what do we do how do we go into a shop and how do we go into a chemist or a health food store what are we looking for what's the best thing we could do give me some answers if we
0: want to take responsibility for ourselves instead of relying on somebody else Mm -hmm. because this is one thing these up for a chat podcasts are really just screaming at me loud and clear is that We actually have to take responsibility for ourselves. We've got to stop putting our trust in the education of others, for goodness sake, and start educating ourselves, making our own decisions and taking responsibility for the consequences or the lack thereof. You know, there's nothing out there that's going to kill us. So there's no decision that we're going to make around supplements that's going to kill us. But we have to take responsibility for educating ourselves rather than walking around blindly saying, well, the naturopath gave it to me. It's not my fault. That's just kind of not good enough anymore. That's really what these podcasts are doing for me is putting the responsibility back onto me for me having an extraordinarily awesome existence here. It's not, you know, we can't walk around blindly anymore. We just, we just can't.
2: I think you brought up something really important and that is what your, your doctor friend um, or client talked about. Mm. He's right. The, the, what's happening is that we've our, our two models of healthcare, which is medicine and alternative, mm. or allopathic and alternative, are very similar. They're, even their terminology is very similar. So you go to your doctor, you're diagnosed, and diagnose, if you have a look at the, the actual terminology of diagnosis, it means two people who don't know die, meaning two agnosium don't know. And <laughs> oh, then, stop it. Yes. And then treatment... <laughs> Treatment is we treat the mind. Ment is mind. So not only do we don't know, but we'll just treat the mind and make you happy with what we're doing. Yeah. And the same thing has happened, and which is quite sad, in in the alternative. So allopathic means, um, uh, I've forgotten what it actually means, but alternative means we're giving you an alternative to what we're doing. So, the girls are looking it up, by the way, because I've forgotten what allopathic actually is the terminology for it. Um, and we'll get that in just a minute, won't we, Karen? We will. I'm onto it. Great. So, we also take no responsibility for our health. We go to somebody to take to, to tell us what we've got, to take a pill, to take something away. And the same is alternative. Alternative means we're just using something different. We're not using medications. We're using something different. We're giving you... Um, A little bit more of, of, like, you could do diet, you could do this, you could do that. But we're still diagnosing to people who don't know. And we're still treating. I was talking to a, a naturopath yesterday. And she kept saying to me, I treat the mother, not the child. And I'm thinking, she's got the same terminology. But you know what? There's a third type of healthcare out there. And the third healthcare is alternate And that is using the intelligence of the body to do what it needs to do in order to to create health in our body. And alternate is looking at the physical, emotional, and um, spiritual aspects of your life as to what is causing this problem. And Mm. what was quite funny is today, Karen went running and she went over on her ankle. (laughs) And she's got a big black ankle sitting um, under the table right at the moment. And we went straight to... Heal your, heal your, heal your body by Louise Hay. We wanted to know what it was, what's happening to her emotionally, that was maybe causing the problem. So this is what alternate is about. Mm. Alternate is about saying, well, you know, most people go, well, she just sprained her ankle, really.
1: Yeah, and she just had an accident. She, she had just, an accident. she just tripped. Yeah, It happens. Yeah,
0: well, it, do, it just happens. Do you know what's amazing? Actually, the first thing I did as I as I hit the road <laughs> and rolled over on my back. First thing I thought of was, please don't pass out, and I didn't. Proud to say, yeah, because normally I would, I'd be out like a light, but I didn't pass out. And um, I, when I, a man on his bike stopped to help me, and I really wasn't thinking quite clearly. But what I kept thinking to myself was, why did I do this? Why now? Why on earth did I do this? I was running along so smoothly. Life has been going so smoothly. Why on earth would I have done this to myself? And then even when I was trying to make my way back home um, before the garbage man picked me up, I um, kept thinking to myself, I've done this for a reason. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be more to it. And, you know, I do actually have to give some credit to my naturopath. And I've only just started working with Angela. She, She listens to these podcasts. She's amazing. And she's, she's very much of the same um, thought process in that she says, you know, we can supplement the body while your mind is getting around why you're doing this to yourself. Mm. While you're figuring it out from an unconscious perspective, why you've created this adrenal exhaustion. Because she works with me on my adrenal exhaustion. And she said, you know, you need to figure out why your body continues to do this. We know why I did it 10 years ago, but why now? And I think that that holistic approach is amazing. And I'm loving how... What we're talking about now is looking at the body as a complete entity where, our, you know, the, 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 the toxins, the trauma and the thoughts and everything contributes to why we do what we do. But I'm looking at the um, Louise Hay book here and it says that um, it just goes a little thing here on ankles and it says inflexibility and guilt. Ankles represent the ability to receive pleasure. So the affirmation that it suggests for me is, I deserve to rejoice in life. I accept all pleasure life has to offer. (laughs)
1: O-O-M-G.
0: Stop it. (laughs) I didn't actually read the affirmation when we were talking about it before we came on the show. I'm just reading that affirmation now. Do you know, I've been feeling of late that um, I could be working harder and I could be more stressed and I haven't been stressed I've actually been I've actually been so cruel to ourselves I know but this is the thing isn't Mm. it and I even went to the gym yesterday and did a pump class and when I walked out I said to my sister-in-law I could have worked harder I could have pushed myself harder in fact I feel like I've ripped myself off because I didn't really like drain myself of all that I had and that's exactly how I've been feeling of like my god it's like the unconscious (laughs) thoughts just made
2: itself known See, what, what happens oh. when we go to the alternate methods? Mm. And, and I got this from Dr. Sarah Farron, and we will be interviewing her because she oh, is the, an amazing mind my Lord, love true. amazing. Absolutely amazing mind. And she basically says, we don't have to have responsibility in the first two models, the alternative and the allopathic. Where we need to take responsibility for everything, accidents, the lot, is the alternate model. Then what you do is you listen to your body. What does my body need right now? Like, you knew your ankle had to go up on a, on a pillow and be nice and soft and have a bit of ice. You know, that was your innate telling you what to do.
0: And get some attention. And get some attention. Yes,
2: you did get she that. She did ask for lots, did. lots
0: of hugs. Yep. I do re- hugs. I, re- I required a lot yeah. of attention this morning. A lot I was demanding. <laughs> so,
2: to me, supplements are in the alternative model. Not in the alternate model. The alternate model is food. Because it's in its holistic form, it's not in its separated form. Now, there will be some times that we need drugs and there will be some times that we need supplements, so especially if you've got scurvy. Yes, yes you, could, you could have a lime or an orange, but th- these are the times that w- you know, we need to start looking at, we may need a supplement. But for our health, for our preventative health, we, we actually need to start eating food and ha- doing an alternate. Now, Kim, you
1: asked me... What do I do when I go into a chemist health food store or I go somewhere? What am I looking for? Yeah,
2: and I I think that that's where we need to go now is, is, is so that you know when you look in your supplement cupboard, as we did with Karen, what's good and what's not. So the first thing you actually talked about before is natural. I want a natural substance. I want a natural form of vitamins and minerals. But if you read natural on it... They actually can be 10% and it can be natural. You do oh, this with no, the cosmetic industry. It's exactly
1: the same yeah. and it's scary and neither do they have to say you know, what exactly they've got in there. And and when you were talking a little bit before about vitamin D and vitamin E, it's the same in our industry where people put synthetic vitamin Ds and Es. It's cheaper. People don't understand why our products or or good, natural, high-quality, organic or at least chemical-free products are more expensive. And it's because often the raw, real source is more expensive to obtain. It's it's just natural.
2: Well, you're not adding to your stuff, you're not adding extra vitamins and minerals, which they're doing to... Because everybody wants vitamins and minerals, it seems to be the new buzzword, and they put it in all of our skincare products, etc. But you're not doing that. Yours is natural, so if you use rosehip oil,
1: it is 100%, 100% cold pressed, and that's the big thing because we know when we cold press our raw oils that they don't they aren't heated by heated by treat. Is that good? <laughs> is that a new term? <laughs> they aren't treated with heat, which is where we obviously lose a lot of the vitamin and mineral content. Uh, it's the same thing, and it's in
2: its natural form.
1: So the rose hip obviously has vitamin E, and it has some wonderful essential fatty
2: acids and some other fats in there. And it will have vitamins and minerals and flavonols, and everything will be in there. Well,
1: it's divine. It yes. just made me realise how precious it is,
2: <laughs> and it's in its a form that the body can easily assimilate. So that's one of the oils that we actually can absorb into our body uh, and go into our blood system, and it will actually not only nourish the skin, but it will absorb into our body as, as well coconut oil.
1: Yes, and I know my body is going to assimilate and eliminate as it's meant to. As it's meant
2: to, because it's, it's been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. It's just this these new vitamins and minerals. So number one, if it says natural, be aware. But the way you find out whether it is or not is you grab your, your supplement, so we've I understand this is the Barocca we've got in front of us, but it gives us a really good idea. So first of all, I want to know what is in it. So I want to know what are the foods that are in it. So um, I go here, it says, does not contain sugar, caffeine or artificial stimulants. But if you go to another supplement, it will say does not or or, no added. Mm -hmm. So does not and no added mean two different things. We actually know that this doesn't have it in it, whereas when we, we look at something else that says not added, well, that means that another manufacturer has, has added it to the nutrient or the vitamin oh, or mineral or whatever it is. So it's
0: like it says not added in comparison to our competition. Yeah.
2: Well, no, no, no. Oh. Not added because we didn't do it. The other manufacturer did it.
1: Got it. But they're not taking responsibility for that? They don't no. care?
2: No, they don't have to. It's but it's the same. Thing. It's, it's the, same the same in
1: our industry. Whenever I source products and ingredients for our, our skincare, we don't know what someone does to a base. They say to us it's natural, but we don't know where they have got that natural base from, and they won't. They don't have to disclose what's in there.
2: Well, if you're buying a ton, they will disclose it. They have to. That was like when I was looking at colloidal minerals because you know colloidal minerals is a is a like a liquid form of the mineral come from a plant. But when I wanted to buy a ton of it from an American company. They had to disclose to me that they actually put a preservative in it. So then I went, well, I can't do colloidal minerals. I don't know of any other source. And then I found in Australia this wonderful manufacturer or um, extractor, I should call him, because he's not a manufacturer, who worked for that company for 15 years and was absolutely frustrated that they did what they did and how they did it. So he figured out a way in order to do it. And so he now extracts this um, the colloidals from a plant, uh, um, an ancient vegetation in South Australia. So, I, you know, the fact that I've talked to him and I know him and I know what he's like and I know his ethics and I know everything about him, I can trust this colloidal and he does not put a preservative in it. So you can. When you're buying a ton of something, they have to disclose everything.
1: I would suggest most of us out there listening to this don't do that. <laughs> um. uh, but that's how I know. Yeah, you know. But, but, but what I would like to say to you is, well, can I ask this question? Are you saying that those 20 bottles and jars that Karen's got sitting there, we could just wipe the lot, maybe take a green powder and a colloidal mineral, eat well, as close to nature as possible, salads, lots of greens, fruits, vegetables, and I'd be fine?
2: Yes. Uh, That is my belief. But it, it it is not something you do daily. It's not something that you do once a week, eat well and then go and eat fish and chips or go and have breakfast cereals or low-fat milk. This is, If you do your, your diet well, there should be no reason for you to eat these, or have these synthetic vitamins and minerals. You can do green powders, you can do like, we have slippery elm here, you know, so slippery elm's a, he- a herb, but what scares me is that this slippery elm is in a capsule. Is this one being open, Karen? No. But anyway, we can see through the plastic that it's in a capsule. Yeah. It's not, you can hear that? It's not in its powder form. What's the capsule made of? I'd have to ring the manufacturer because they don't write it on, on it. So I would only buy Slippery Elm in a non-capsule form and then add it to my smoothies or my green drinks.
1: So powders or liquid?
2: P- powders or liquid, but once again, you must read. You must read what's in it. So here we have here um, some vitamins in front of this. And some of them are prescription only by your naturopath, uh, whereas others you can buy over the shelf or on the shelf. So we know that something synthetic, if it ends in IDE or ATE. So let me give you an example. So we have vitamin B3 here, which is niacin. But this is in the form of nicotinamide, IDE. Ah. So it's fake. So it's fake. It's synthetic.
1: That's a a great tip. I'd or 8?
2: I'd or 8. So then we have, um, here we have pantothenic acid, but it's in the form of calcium pantothenate. Stop it. Yeah, which is B5. Then we have um, B6, which is in the form of pyridoxine hydrochloride. So once again, we've got IDE. Vitamin C. Um, Now, where did I see the vitamin C one? This one. This is, um, was this? prescription or no or this is off the shelf that's off the shelf okay so we look at um the the vitamin c and it's in the form of calcium ascorbate what would
1: the new, what would a pure form of vitamin c say it would be, it would be a food oh so you can't get you can't a pure get vitamin c. c there's no
2: pure vitamin c vitamin c doesn't exist by itself in nature so camu camu because it's
1: unstable by itself, it's unstable, of course. Yeah, and it needs it needs all the flavonoids and the amino acids and whatever
2: else comes to in keep that it food. stable.
1: So the best but, vitamin C is your limes, your oranges, your grapefruits, mm-hmm, your citrus fruits.
2: Camu camu, your, your um, Kakadu plum,
1: your Acerola. You know, you'll see that rosehip.
2: hip has vitamin C yeah, in it. Heaps. So these are, are food forms of vitamin C, and these the body will use far better than flushing it with calcium ascorbate. Pull, pull out that,
1: that vitamin B, that super vitamin there's, B one. No, to the right? To the right. Yep. now that one. Now we take that one. Tell me if that's okay. good. So this is... I'm this not was to No, this was advised to me by my naturopath mm-hmm. that I should take... This is quite a good one.
2: So it's an executive B formula. And if we have a look at the B1, it's um, thiamine hydrochloride. So it's synthetic. B2 is riboflavin... It doesn't tell me. It just says it's rubber so I don't know its source. Nicotinamide is B three. B five is. Yeah. um, Okay.
1: Okay. Got got it it wrong. But what I do (laughs) want to know is, am I getting any benefit from that, Cindy?
0: You know. Oh, look! It's a a diplomatic face. Mm. It's the face of the diplomat. Mm. How do I say hell no? I I wonder. (laughs)
1: I wonder what she'll say. Off here.
0: I know that those are all going in the garbage bin and I know that, at uh, yeah, right. So if somebody is
2: eating really badly and they take that, they will feel better straight away because there will be some nutrient going into them. But in the long term, is it good to take these things? No. The main thing is that you, you have to eat the right foods. Mm. And all your sources, you should be looking for food all the time. So we see slippery elm. We know it's from the herb, slippery elk. Uh Let's see. We've got, oh, this one I love. Um, it's, it's a green calcium. So this calcium is actually, it's not calcium carbonate or anything like that. This is actually a calcium that comes from, it is a food source. But once again, it's in a capsule. I don't uh, find yeah, that right. in powder because I don't know what's in the capsule. Some are good, some aren't.
1: Could I open the capsule and just yeah, eat yeah.
2: what's inside Great it? Great idea. Yeah. Just open the capsule and put it in. Mm-hmm. If you can buy it in powder form, even the better. And you're yeah. probably
1: paying a lot for the capsule and and the process to get it in the capsule. Yeah.
2: So one of the things that we were told for premenopausal women and postmenopausal women is that you know they get osteoporosis and so they should take calcium tablets. Well, uh, we've been doing this for 20 years and now we've actually got results of what that advice has created. Mm. One of the things that it does is that you don't absorb much of the calcium. It just goes straight out through the the anal area. Nice. It doesn't we're break there down. Again. We're yeah, there you again. know that area.
0: Yep, we're there. And so
2: it goes out through there. If you do absorb it, it runs free through the blood and may be picked up by um, the blood vessels and cause calcified arteriosclerosis. So mm. hardening of the arteries, which causes stroke and heart disease. The other thing it may do is it may be absorbed but it can't be utilised by the bones so it causes lipping and spurring which many people are starting to get lipping and spurring. What's that? It's where the bones quite just strange. start to, um, d- to deform in a spur or a lip so it's like ah, a, a deposit right. on the bone rather than it being absorbed into the bone you know like there's so much we could get.
1: Okay so through. I could actually sit here and I could, we could. we could get really upset about this and yeah. feel like we've been duped and feel like we've spent a fortune and and our intention behind this podcast is not to do that. But our intention and I think you've really got me is and I hardly buy any supplements. I'm not I don't have a cupboard like um like Karen's. Um but but no disrespect. I can understand why you've got that cupboard, like why you've bought them on, on the advice of people that know well. Well, it's interesting because, you know, it's just been this constant
0: search for more energy. It's been a constant search for feeling optimal. And I've gotta say, since you know getting to know you girls, I'm, I'm finding it so much more through
1: my foods and I'm very aware and very conscious of what I'm eating. Um, Karen, do you think, just very quickly, from a mental, emotional point of view, mm. that there is also some guilt or some fear that we're not getting enough from our food, therefore we have this reaction or need to buy supplements?
0: Oh, look, I mean, I'll speak for myself on that. I think that oftentimes, you know, what lands up occurring with these supplements, especially the ones that... You know, when I compare the naturopath-prescribed one versus the one that I buy from the shelf at the health food store, the shelf at the health food store has got 10 micrograms, and the one that I get from my naturopath has got 1,000. So I look at the the comparison of the the intensity. But the one that I buy from the shelf at the health food store has a placebo effect for me. So, you know, there's even the question of, do the supplements really work, or is it a placebo effect that's then affecting the psychology of how i'm feeling and i can say hand on heart there have absolutely been times when i've taken supplements and there are some that i've bought from those you know um network marketing organizations that are all about you know health and vitality and energy and there's some ancient chinese herbs in them and when i first started taking them i had to take 12 a day and when i first started taking them i thought wow i feel fantastic this is great awesome 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 and that I know now was more of a placebo effect than anything because how I feel now and how I felt when I was taking them actually hasn't changed (laughs) and I haven't taken them for two months. So I think that there is, there is the perspective of, you know, do they work? Honestly, I can't say I know, I can't say I know because I don't notice a dramatic improvement in any of the, the supplements that I've taken. But hey, I have noticed have, you
1: have a huge shift when you've been eating what your body wants. You are amazingly amazing different. Yeah. Look,
0: I see it in my skin. You know, as my birthday the other day and just looking at some of the photos when I can actually see myself in the photos. My skin is better. I'm more vibrant. My eyes are brighter. I'm feeling more alive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's an amazing experience actually that I've never had before because I've never been this conscious of what I'm doing. But I think, yeah, there's absolutely been some guilt associated with it. Um, you know, with me taking the, the, the supplements, there's definitely been some gills Like, am I doing the right thing? Well, bugger it! I'll just take them just in case. You know.
2: Yeah. Look, we're just about up for time, but there are two more things we need to discuss. Yeah, go And one is how else do you find out if something's synthetic? So often, vitamin E, you'll call it tocopherols. So um, if it says DL, it's synthetic. All right, and I would rather get vitamin E from uh, a food that's high in vitamin E. So one of the foods that we know are high in vitamin E is, is uh, foods that have got fat in them, so mm-hmm. nuts and seeds. Um, a lot of our oils that are extracted cold press, so we've got the Inki Inchi, and there's avocado, and there's walnuts. So all of these are really high in our vitamin E. Don't heat them, but have them like that. But one of the things that people are taking... At the moment, and it's a huge industry, making billions of dollars, is fish oils. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we haven't
2: discussed fish oils. So when I first saw fish oils, I went, well, it's from nature. You know, I did my same principles. I looked at it like the slippery elm. It's from nature. It's, it's a fish oil. Well, I started to look into the fish oil industry. And because they want to make it cheap, because it's expensive. Like, if you buy the best, it's very, very expensive, But so I started to look into it, and I noticed that what they were doing is they were adding other oils to it, such as soybean oil, or they would add extra vitamin E, or they would add synthetic um, EPA, DHA. They would start to do this, and they'd put it in capsules, and the capsules had all sorts of amazing chemicals in it. Like, some of them are good, some of them are bad. But then I really looked into it, and I looked at the sustainability of the fish oil industry. There's not enough fish in our ocean as it is. Yeah, yeah. And we're killing these fish... Extracting the fat out of them. By the way, you need five kilos of fish to make one kilo of fish oil. What's happening to the
1: other four oh, kilos? Oh, really?
2: So I'm looking at not only is it synthetic, but what's the ethics and oh. the sustainability behind the supplement?
1: It's, no, no. Just eat the
0: fish.
2: Eat the fish. That's what I say. Eat the fish. I'm, look, there are a couple of fish oil um, liquids out there that I think are okay.
1: And the and okay ones really... taste disgusting. Yeah, and I tell you, I've are. got,
0: I've had the ones that are in the in the capsule form, and I paid an absolute fortune for them. And I have to keep them in the freezer because when I take them, I vomit. They make me that sick. So somebody suggested that I freeze them, so that then hopefully by the time they've gone through my digestive system, they're starting to thaw out. So <laughs> I don't, when don't think it's sick. fish. No. no, but I vomit when I have the, the it's fish amazing, oil
2: tablets. Amazing, isn't it? What
1: we listen to and what we take on—it's incredible.
0: I I
2: just hope that everyone understands Like they can go into their pantry right now and they can pull out supplements like we did with you Karen and they should be able to see immediately whether these are synthetic or not and then they can make their own decision. This is not me saying don't eat it, this is your decision, it's not going to kill you but in the long term what is it going to do to us? We now know what calcium is doing, it. we know what metallic iron does, we know you know, what all of these things are doing to us. and. You know, before we started, we were reading something on the Huffington Post mm. that was basically saying, you know, that if we take this, this is what happens if we take that. And, and I'll be writing an article on it, which will go out in, in um, my newsletter. Uh, and, you know, it's easy to access this stuff. Mm. It's just a matter of getting it all together and comprehending what has happened with the supplement market.
0: Mm. Well, I hope that this podcast has been insightful for you, and I have to say, it, it's it's been an absolute eye opener for me, as most of our podcasts are, because I'm kind of like, you know, I'm I'm the reluctant child dragging the chain, saying, "No, I won't change. You leave me with my chocolate." So, I, uh, you know, it's 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 been a real eye opener for me, and hopefully, we've been able to ask some questions that you know, our listeners have been you know, thinking of along the way. So hopefully we've covered everything. But look, I really want to encourage you to post your questions on the website on this podcast, because I know that there are going to be a lot. And inside of an hour, we don't get a chance to cover absolutely everything. And I want you to know that you're in safe hands when it comes to the information that Cindy's going to provide us on this. And also, Cindy will, you know, lead us in the right direction and able to do our own research like the Huffington Post. So, post your questions. Don't hold back. It's really, really important. Now you can find us on the website at the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And that's where you get to post your questions. But until next week, um, join us here. You know, we're your professional reminders and we're always up for a chat. So join us and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill here from The Wellness Guys. Have you seen some of the feedback on Facebook for The Wellness Summit? It was amazing. Ada from Sydney said, I've not just a spring in my step, but an urge to sprint out of bed. If The Wellness Summit comes up in your hometown and you can make it, do it. Sandy and Allison said, this is a seminar worth every dollar. Thanks so much for your huge efforts to bring your work to the world. So guess what? The next Wellness Summit is in Melbourne on August the 17th, and we'd love to see you there. So to get your tickets, go to
2: www.thewellnesssummit.com. Can't wait to see you there.